Good morning, City Church. It's a City Church together for Tuesday, March the 9th, 2021. Tuesday, March the 9th. Today, as we uh, continue in our Bible reading, our City Church together Bible reading found in the ever-popular Borough City Church app. Uh, we're going to be in Luke 13, Luke 13 today, starting in verse 18. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And what can I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Again, he said, what can I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like leaven that a woman took and mixed into 50 pounds of flour until all of it was leavened. He went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. Lord, someone asked him, Are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able. Once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door, then you will stand outside and knock on the door, saying, Lord, open up for us. He will answer you. I don't know you or where you're from. Then you will say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I know Uh, I tell you, I don't know you or where you're from. Get away from me, all you evildoers. There will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place. When you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but yourselves thrown out. They will come from east and west, from north and south, to share the banquet in the kingdom of God. Note this, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. And that's the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 13. Two things today that I want to uh, highlight and explain and apply um, that comes from these two short parables that Jesus tells and then this conversation uh, that he has or this dialogue that he has um, with this person and about um, who will be saved in the narrow way. Um, And there there are some things ways that these two things interact with one another, um, some similarities that they have, and then also some differences. So let's point that out now. First, um, the first two verses, 18 through 20, um, Jesus tells these two small parables of what the kingdom of God is like. Uh, The first one, he compares it to a mustard seed, which is a very small seed. Um, And he says this, this very tiny mustard seed was planted and it grew up to become a tree um, and then uh, all the birds made their home in it. The second one that he says, he compares the kingdom of God to leaven, uh, where he says a small amount of leaven actually worked through 50 pounds of flour and affected um, this large amount of flour. Okay, so the basic idea that Jesus is talking about here, it's first, remember, he's giving characteristics of the kingdom of God. What is it like? Um, kingdom of God, what is it like uh, for God to have his rule or sort of um, in what ways can we expect the kingdom of God to act like? And what he's pointing out here is that the kingdom of God starts um, seemingly small and insignificant and blossoms into something that's large and, in fact, is not only large, but blesses the community that it's around. So the, but that's the birds in the tree. That's the mustard seed of the tree. He also says that the kingdom of God, just a tiny little bit of it, 
can act, can have an effect to um, its entire environment. So, in other words, the kingdom of God packs a bigger punch in the end than it seems to pack at the start. Um, the packaging of the kingdom of God is a lot smaller than actually its impact ends up having. Um, things that start slow and start small and seem insignificant are characteristic of the way the kingdom of God starts. Things that have that come from that small start and have a larger effect on its environment, um, those things uh, remind us of the kingdom of God. Okay, so that's the first part. The second part about the narrow way, you notice that he's talking to um, uh, someone asked him, are only a few people going to be saved? Now, this is a question that many, many of us are still asking today. In fact, you know, there's parts of um, the idea of salvation that seem unfair. Why will some be saved and others won't? Notice how Jesus answers this question. He doesn't answer it by sort of, you know, defending his doctrine or saying, um, uh, by defending his doctrine or saying, uh, no, you actually should understand how God is fair in doing this or not. He actually comes at the person giving that person a warning, um, telling that person, maybe you need to rethink whether or not you're saved. Because that's sort of the that's sort of the assumption of the question is I am saved um, and other people aren't. So what he what he tells this person is that um, that uh, he says, I tell you, many will try to enter and won't be able once a homeowner gets up and shuts the door. Then you will stand outside and knock on the door and you'll say, Lord, let me in, let me in. And he talks about um, people's familiarity with um, Yahweh. Okay, so that's that's what's going on here. He's on his way to Jerusalem and he's got um, a, a Jewish person asking him. And we know that because of his reference to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he turns this thing on his head and he is surprising this Jewish person who thinks they have salvation by their pedigree, who thinks they have salvation by the nearness that they have to this teacher, thinks they have salvation by the nearness they have to Jerusalem and the temple. And Jesus says, no, that is not, like, you're right, the way is narrow, but you're going to be surprised who gets shut out. And basically, he's pointing the finger at the person asking the question, saying, you are one of the ones that will be shut out unless you repent. Um, you know, note that he says people will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Like, that doesn't sound like a small amount of people being saved, doesn't it? Like, his point is not the number of people that are going to be saved. Yeah, it's going to be small and good thing you're one of them. His point is be careful that you think proximity to God equals salvation. You're only saved by faith in God to keep his promise through a promised Savior. Um, and he finishes with some who are last will be first and some who are first will be last, which is, again, his commentary on um, this person thinking they were first in line for salvation because of their Jewish heritage and their proximity to Jesus. And Jesus is saying, listen, me teaching in your streets, you being around me, unless you hear what I'm saying and believe it, none of that matters. And you will find yourself on the outside of the people that you thought you were on the inside with, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of the prophets. You'll think you're one of them when you actually aren't. So it is, it's, again, the surprising kingdom of God. So what these two passages have in common is the surprising element of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, if I, if, if I was going to give a an overarching theme to that scripture we read. I would say it's the kingdom of God 
is surprising. The first part that we read says the kingdom of God is positively surprising. Oh, man, I don't, you know, it's the little boy with fish and bread. I, you know, I have this fish and bread. What can you do with this? Bam, feed 5,000 people. Um, the bam part substitutes for, and Jesus took the bread and break it, right? <laughs> That's Jesus. But, you know, it's, when Jesus gets a hold of a small offering, he multiplies it. When Jesus gets a hold of small faith, he multiplies it. When Jesus gets a hold of a humble and contrite heart, um, he, he turns that into, uh, you know, the boldness that we see in the book of Acts. You think of his disciples. That's the positive message of the surprising nature of the kingdom. A little bit given to God, a little bit of faith goes a long way and affects a lot of people positively. Now, the negative part of the surprising part of the kingdom of God is that there are many who will think they are in but are out because of their proximity to the Bible, because of their proximity to church, because of their proximity to a Christian heritage in their family, because of their proximity to the Mason-Dixon line with church on every corner. But Jesus comes, this is the application, Jesus comes saying to us, no, the, the kingdom of God is surprising. Um, you'll, you'll actually find faithful people who didn't have any of those things who will be included in the kingdom of God. People you thought were out because they lived in the wrong part of the world or because they voted for the wrong president or because they're, uh, they, they read the wrong books or they posted the wrong things on Facebook. You know, it, no, no, no. You, that's, not who, that's not what determines who's in and who's out. The first will be last and the last will be first. So that's, the, that's sort of the negative, um, or it's presented as a negative. You, you might think you're in, but you're out. Of course, you know, the ongoing application here is twofold because we have a, a twofold idea. The first one is don't ever think that your offering to God is small. Don't ever think that what you are doing in the name of Christ is not making a difference because that's exactly what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus says. The second thing is be careful. Be careful that you do not make assumptions about your closeness to Jesus um, in your, your intimacy with Jesus based on your closeness to things about Jesus, information, music that you like to listen to, whatever. Be sure that you are connected to the vine, as he'll talk about in John. Be sure that you are relationally engaged with God. Be sure that your faith is in him for salvation and nothing else. So let's pause now, take a moment of silence as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful truth that when Jesus describes the kingdom of God. He describes it as small, seemingly powerless, coming into the world in a very nondescript, inconspicuous way. And yet it blooms into a tree that blesses neighbors. It leavens entire um, vats of flour that are used to make bread to feed people. Thank you 
that there is no offering given to you. There is no faith put in you that is too shaky, too humble, too insignificant, too small. You multiply fish and bread and feed the masses. Father, thank you too for this warning, this reminder that we don't get you just because we have listened to sermons or sung songs or read books or even done a few good deeds. Heavenly Father, we have you only when we repent of our sin, we trust in Christ for our salvation. And you invite us to an intimate relationship where we know one another. Father, for everyone whose ears are tuned into this podcast today, God, give them the reassurance that their offering is not too small and the warning that proximity to Jesus' people or Jesus' church is not salvation. And call them to repent and to trust you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.